Hey, you're listening to the Forward Church Online Experience. We hope today's message is encouraging, that it's inspiring, and that it will challenge you to take your next step with Jesus. Thanks for listening. Now let's jump into today's message. Come on, turn to your neighbor, tell him, say, just say, you have absolutely nothing to fear. You have absolutely nothing to fear. I know there are some moments this morning where uh, it's, you know, there's some personal moments on the platform with different individuals, but you showed up today and you may be in a crowd of people here, but what I believe that God wants to do for you is to have an up-close personal encounter with you today. Amen? That's why we showed up to be changed from the inside out, and you have absolutely nothing to fear. I love that. You know, pretty much that's exactly what this entire collection of talks has been about, and that's to let hope rise. Life has a way of throwing all kinds of stuff at us, trying to rob us of our hope and rob us of our joy and, and steal from us. But I'm, just, I'm here to tell you, I, I, I've got a different kind of boldness. My, my, my girls were laughing at me this week because I made that statement. But I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm 45 years old, and I just believe that the, the days of watching, you can't watch people as a leader sit by and be sifted because of the enemy. You just can't do it. It's time for God to, to, to impart on us a supernatural boldness. Okay, so, so, so I, I, I want to be about the, king, the Father's business. I want to be about what God wants to be about. And what I know that is, is receiving people um, where they are. Huh? And, and helping restore them. And then to release them into all that God wants them to be a part of for their life. That's what I believe. And I, I don't believe that's just something for me. I think the same thing for you is that you need to pray. You know what? Stop allowing the people that you love who are going through things. Stop. It's time for us to come between whatever the enemy is throwing at them and go, that's enough. That's, you can't have them. They belong to Jesus. It's time for the, the blood-bought, born-again Christians of the Lord Jesus Christ to stand up and go, it's enough. It's enough. I always feel like I have to say that disclaimer, and, and Amy tells me all the time, just go. Be, it's more of a distraction that you do that. But sometimes I just want, I, there's not an, a vindictive bone in my body, but when it comes to the enemy and the enemy trying to cause distraction from what God wants, man, we worked all week long. I've waited all week long to be here. Some of you crawled in here spiritually, maybe not physically. And you know what? It's time for us to go, hey, you know what? Whatever God wants, I want that for my life today. And if that means I need to stand in the gap for my brother or sister because they're going through something, bless God, I'm going to show up at their house. I'm going to stand in the gap. I'm going to say, hey, this is what God wants. I ain't got time to play games. The enemy's not playing games. Why is the church playing games? Man, God's going to wrap this thing up one day. I've heard that all my life. But you know what? I'm living today like it could be tomorrow. I'm not one of those hell, fire, and brimstone preachers, but I will tell you there is a real hell, and it'll set you on fire, and if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you're going to burn. So we're in this series called Let Hope Rise. And the purpose behind this is for us to know that regardless of what's going on around us, we have a hope that will sustain us. Regardless of what you're facing in life, there is a hope that will sustain you. 
He's a stabilizer. I think about a cruise ship. I can't wait to get back on one. I'll talk about that in a minute. He's a stabilizer. Stabilizers is when the ship goes crazy with the waves, the stabilizers go out and it keeps everything afloat. Some of y'all are being rocked. Some of y'all got water in your boat, but you need to tap in, hit that button, and tap in and let, and let, let the stabilizer come on the scene. Listen, what was meant to cripple and silence the church called coronavirus or COVID-19 was, has only made us stronger as a church and it's made us louder it's actually brought a boldness to your pastor what was meant to invoke fear in us and i love that video fear not fear nothing what was meant to invoke fear in us and to believers has only caused us to trust god more and i just felt like we needed to focus on maintaining our hope and the power that putting our hope in god will bring into our life why? Because hope is the spark that ignites the fire of, of God's future in our lives. Hope is the, is the fire, that, that it's, it's the spark that ignites the fire so that we can see what God's plan is for our life and that we can pursue it. The big idea of this whole entire series is that God wants you to have a hope that's unshakable. I feel this with every fiber of my being. That God wants you and I to have a hope that's untouchable. That he wants you to have a hope that is, it's, it's an unbreakable hope. It's a hope that fear and disappointment can't touch. It's a hope that, that heartache, pain, and betrayal can't touch. It's a hope that if you lose your job, your hope doesn't waver. Come on, somebody. It's a hope that cancer can't touch. It's a hope that no matter what this world may throw at you, our capital H, our, our eternal hope, cannot be shaken. I gave you a new word two weeks ago. It's indomitable. Say that word, say indomitable. Not the abominable snowman, but indomitable. It's, it's an indomitable, indomitable hope that God wants to give to us. It's a hope that's incapable of being subdued. No matter what the world throws at you, no matter what your family's going through, no matter what, what you did in your past that, that people try to point you back to, it doesn't shake you. It doesn't shake your future. So I brought today with me my friend, Mr. Bozo, the clown. Everybody say, hi, Bozo. Hey, Bozo. Anybody remember Bozo the Clown? I know a lot of people that are scared of clowns. I guess I wasn't really scared because I was, I was brought up. That's before, the, you know, the little clown that, that, that's in the, in the sewer. Y'all know what I'm talking about? What's that movie? Give an altar call right there. Half the church would come to Jesus. Anyway, um, yeah, and, and I would too if that was the first clown. But I remember growing up, Bozo... I remember growing up around Bozo the Clown, and, and, and I remember these things, and, and he wasn't working with me the other day, and I'm hoping he, he's cooperating, but you know, you can do whatever you want to to these things. Man, you can just, you can go full Chuck Norris, you can go, hey, now he, y'all give it up for Mr. Bozo. He, the other day at the house, I knocked him down, and he stayed down. I was like, this is not going to make my point at all. We need something better. But you can, you can hit this thing, you can... Well, yeah, and you can knock these things down. You can do whatever you want to to it, but it always comes back up. Bozo has an indomitable hope, and it's the same thing that God wants to do in our lives, that no matter what comes, it will not keep you down. 
I could go full WWE and just, you know, just jump on this thing. And when I turned around and walked away, Amy was like, are you going to do it? Nope, I'm not because I'm too old for all that. I don't, I don't heal back like I, like I should. And, but no matter what happens, he always comes back up. And God wants that same thing for you, that no matter what you're going through, no matter, no, no matter if you're down, no matter if the enemy holds you down, and you're like, oh my gosh, when the enemy lets up and he thinks you're down, you got back up. The novelty of how this cute little toy works is when it gets, when it gets knocked down, it'll get back up. And the reason that it is so resilient, regardless of what we do to it, it's because it's connected, listen, it's connected to something that I can't touch. It's connected to something that I can't see. It's weighted down on the inside. I can't touch it. I, I know that it's there. I can sense it, but I can't see it. That same substance that God has, wants to put and impart into you is, is himself. That no matter what comes your way, You don't stay down. Am I talking to anybody today? Have you found yourself face planted face down this week? And you're struggling to get back up. God wants to give you that same hope. It's connected to a, an unshakable foundation that's untouchable. And no matter what happens to it, the power that's connected to its roots will allow it to get back up. It's the kind of hope that God wants for you and I. But hear me, let me tell you what hope is not. A lot of times we, we work with people, they're hyped up. You catch me on the right day, most of the time I'm, 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 I'm full-blown, in a great mood, da-da-da, whatever. And you think, man, he's got hope. I want some of that hope. But hear me, hype is not hope. Personality is not hope. Because you catch me on the wrong day, and my personality will change. But my hope isn't in my personality. My hope isn't in if things go right, I'm, I'm going to be okay. I, I, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to be okay if things go wrong. You know why that is? And I'm not, I haven't achieved it. I'm not there all the time. But it's because I have put my hope in God. I have hope for things, but I don't put my hope in things. Here's what I want to say to you today. That no matter what stage of life you're in, no matter what's been happening to you or what you've gone through, you can start building this kind of hope. I want to speak to you for just a few moments this morning on building hope. And you can start building hope today. I saw this quote recently. It said that no matter what wall we may hit, it doesn't have to wreck us. You're going to hit a wall in life. Lose a job. Income changes. Somebody walks out of a relationship. When you hit a wall, if your hope is in God, it doesn't have to wreck your life. I want to give you two points, two final points in this series, Let Hope Rise. And then next week we're going to I've got some very exciting news to tell you as a church. And if you call this place home, don't miss next Sunday. I'm just telling you. Don't miss next Sunday. But I want to give you two points. I want to give you 
two hope builders that I believe that you can take from this place today and begin building your hope. How many want, you, how, how many want to begin building your hope? How many want to, that regardless of what goes on, what's happening to you, whatever the world, I, I don't want to be shaken. You can call me with some bad news, things can shift, but, but I'm not shifting. I'm steady as, as she goes. So the first point that I want to give you, there's not going to be anything on the screen other than the beautiful logo. So I encourage you to take notes. This is your homework right here. And point number one, choose action over inaction. How are you going to build your hope? By choosing action instead of inaction. Let me explain how, how this works. Action and hope are partners. They're always linked together. Any time in life when you feel you don't know what to do, remember this. When your visible progress starts to slow down, your hope level will follow. When, you're, when your visible progress of moving or going, seeking after God, flowing in the things that God wants for your life, when, that, when you begin to slow down, your hope will also follow. They're partners. They're linked together. Nudge your neighbor. Tell them, say, don't slow down. Listen, when your hope tank is empty, the first thing that goes is your ability to move forward. When you've lost hope, the first thing to go will be the instinct, the motivation to move forward. Anybody ever battled depression in here? Let me tell you something. Well, I don't want to raise my hand because then that might... I get it. But what I want you to understand is you're not alone. All of us deal with moments of, of the enemy just bombarding our minds. You're not alone. But God wants to set you free. Put your hope on things above, not of the things of this world that will fade away. The thing that we must understand and realize, yes, our hope is connected to our happiness and God wants us to be full of joy and fulfillment. But the reason the enemy wants to take your hope from you is because it's directly linked and connected to your purpose. The reason your hope is under attack is because it is connected to your purpose. Think about it. The call of God on your life. The enemy wants to get you so caught up in all kinds of drama and circumstances and jaded relationships, tough relationships. Life's tough. And the enemy wants to use that so that we'll get to a place where we can no longer imagine a God future that we can no longer even see that God, God has a plan for my life because we get stuck and we freeze. Listen, I get it. Some, some of you here today are probably thinking, B, I, I, can, I can't even begin to think about my life being used in a positive way to create an impact in someone else's life because I'm already dealing with this uncertainty in my own life. Put your hope in Him. We're so self-centered as Christians. God, I, I, I can't help them because I got issues. I got issues. You got issues. We got issues. But when my hope is in Jesus Christ alone, issues cannot touch my hope. I'm slowing down right here. I'm, I, 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 we need to finish this today. But I want you to understand because the church for years has, we, we get certain areas and we're supercharged up, but still, when things happen to us, our hope, we, it just, we crash. Listen, the enemy wants to, he wants to take your hope, he wants to take your options, and he wants to paralyze you. 
Listen, when you find yourself in a position where you feel frozen and stuck, the most powerful thing that you can do to yourself is to remember this, and I've already said it, you're not alone. The most powerful thing that you can do when, you're, when, you're, when, you're, when your back is up against a wall and the, the enemy is just sitting on you, what you need to understand is you are not alone. Just say that with me. Say, I'm not alone. When you put your hope in God, it does not matter what the enemy does. You'll bounce back. Hope in God will always give you a, a, a bounce back power. This is the story of God's people throughout the Bible. We read about God's people getting to the edge of the unknown, looking across the chasm and say, I don't know how I'm going to get from here to there. That's the story throughout the Bible. That's what we, we face. We make bad choices. Listen, we make bad choices and we go, I was heading in that direction, but I don't know how to get there. So what happens? Our hope is depleted and we get stuck and we freeze. Remember what I said, when your hope gets depleted, the first thing to, to go is your, your ability and momentum to actually continue pursuing. And a lot of people get, then when we get stuck, we don't even, we lose sight of where God is leading us, and then all we can see is the mess around us. Listen, all God's asking you to do, yeah, but there's so many steps to get back. All God is asking you to do is turn around. Just turn around. See, the enemy wants, the enemy will help you turn around. Because he wants you to see the distance of where you are to where God, where, where God wants you to get back to. But what God is saying, shake all that off. What God is trying to say to you and I today is just turn around. I'm telling you. It's a different kind of boldness in B. Weber. I'm not, I, can't, I can't sit by and watch the enemy pick strong people off. Can't do it. Well, B, if they were so strong, how are they getting picked off so easily? Same devil you're fighting. Why are you being so judgmental? I know. Some of y'all are like, mm. <laughs> I don't like this new boldness. If it keeps you from hell. But Pastor B, I already have a relationship with God. I'm not going to go to hell. I get that. But it keeps, you, if you, it keeps you from feeling like you're going through hell then I'm going to be bold. And you should too. Tell the enemy, he has no place in your house. Stop playing games with the devil. He's not as cute and innocent as we, we make him out to be. I was going to give that to the kids next door, but part of me wishes I had a pocket knife. Some just... Not yet, not yet, not yet, not yet, not yet. First timers are going, dear God, I'm not ever going back. Now he's got a bonus and he's asking for, not, he's asking for weapons. Because the, the enemy is loaded with weapons and he's coming after your family. He's coming after your life. Stop playing games with the enemy. So throughout the Bible, we, we've, we, we watch, and I'm going to get there. Somebody say, we're going to go there. Let's go there. Let's go to Mark chapter 6. Even the guys who hung out, even Jesus' posse, even his crew, the guys that hung out with Jesus on the daily, on the regular, the disciples were with the Son of God on a, reg on a regular basis, and yet they still wondered how things 
we're going to work out from time to time. Ever been there? <laughs> I don't know how this is going to work out. And we stop right there. I'm fixing to hook somebody up this morning. I'm fixing to hook you up. This is the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000. Let, let me just go here real quick. Mark chapter 6, verse uh, 30 through 44. The apostles returned to Jesus from their ministry tour and told him all that they had done and taught. Then Jesus said, let's go off. Check this out. Zone in right here. Don't, don't, don't lose me. Then Jesus said, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. He said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. So they left by boat for a quiet place. Everybody say quiet place. I'm fixing to hook you up. A quiet place where they could be alone. But many people recognized them and saw them leaving. And people from many towns ran, a, ran ahead along the shore and got there ahead of them. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat. And he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. Late in the afternoon, his disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away, Jesus, so that... So they can go to the nearby farms and villages and buy something to eat. But Jesus said, everybody say, but Jesus. He always throw a kink in your, your plans. He always throw a kink in your plans. Mm. But Jesus said, you feed them. With what, they asked. We've had to work, it, we would have to work for months to earn enough money to buy food for all these people. How much bread do you have, Jesus said. Go and find out. They came back and reported, we have five loaves of bread and two fish. Then Jesus told the disciples uh, to have the people sit down in groups on the grass. So they sat down in groups of 50 or 100. When we say break up into a small group, we're talking about like 10 or 15. When Jesus does it, he does it big. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. They, they, they sat down in groups of 50 to 100. Jesus took five loaves and two fish, looked up to heaven, and blessed them. Then, breaking the loaves into pieces, he kept giving the bread to the disciples so that they could distribute it to the people. He also divided the fish for everyone to share. They, ate, they all ate as much as they wanted, and afterward, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftover. Everybody say leftover. I don't know about you, but I don't like leftover food. But anyway... And afterward, the disciples picked up the 12 baskets and leftover bread and fish. A total of 5,000 men and their families were fed. So basically what we see is Jesus stepped into the crowd and miraculously everybody that was there ate from a huge buffet that he produced. And right before that, the disciples had no idea what to do next. Remember what I said? We all, we're, we're in good company. The same people that hung out with Jesus who saw him do all kinds. Never for a moment did they know what was, what was to happen next. Jesus already knew what he was going to do next. But yet he said, you feed them. Even though he knew he, they didn't have. To, they did not have. They did not have. I do not have. You do not have. Outside of God, you do not have what it takes to make it happen. That's why you and I need God. So in John, in, in, in John 6, it's the same story, just a different view. It, it was actually Philip that said, there's no way we can do this. We have nothing. But yet Andrew speaks up and says, that's not entirely true. There's this little, there's this little boy. He's got some fish and some bread. It's just like us today to minimize what we have in our hand. How, how is this enough? How is this, che how is this check registered? How, how's that enough? 
Anybody ever been there before? Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever looked at the decision, uh, the situation, and the decisions that are in front of you, and you just go, I have no idea with what I have how I'm going to get from here to there? It's what I like to call the hope gap. Everybody say hope gap. Everybody faces it. It's the gap between where I am and where I want to be. And oftentimes, it's not that I don't have a picture or a glimpse of the future. I just can't see the steps to get there. I know what God wants. I know about the acreage that God wants for us. I don't know how we're going to get there. He's told me about the one plus plus million dollar building that we're going to have. And I look around the room and I I don't know how we're going to get there. And you're probably thinking the same thing. But God. But God. I'm telling you, it's coming. It's coming. Nudge your neighbor, tell him, say, I'm ready. Oh, I am too. Believe me. Believe me. Because I believe there's more in the city that God wants us to reach. Listen, Jesus did not look at the disciples and say, you perform the miracle. That's not, the miracle was not their responsibility. All Jesus was saying, give me just a little bit of what you have and watch me do the rest. That's why we launched a building program or a building campaign in the middle of a pandemic when y'all weren't even here unless you were watching on TV. Just give me what you have. What did I have? Just a little bit of faith that obeyed what he said. Looked like a fool, I know. Hey, we're, I know y'all are sitting at home eating donuts and coffee. We'll be over there momentarily. But guess what? We're going to launch a building campaign. <laughs> and it sounded like crickets in here. It literally did. We're up here, you know, we're, we're feeling the excitement of what God was wanting to do. But what we did was we gave him what we had. And that's a little, just a little bit of faith. And some of you guys, some of y'all in here have already bought in to the vision and said, you know what, when I go to, when I go to Gainesville, <clears throat> Ansley Grace, listen, when I go to Gainesville, I'm not going to ask Connor if we can go to Starbucks because we, we know what God wants to do, and we're going to take that $25 for one drink. Come on, y'all, help me. And we're going to take that $25, and we're going to put it towards the building fund. Somebody said, what's the dedication thing all about? Let me, let me do, I know I'm, I'm straying away, but watch this. Ansley Grace, we've taught her in the way that she should go. When she got a job, do you know what she did? She immediately started tithing online, the church online option that we have. I was so proud of her. Don't, don't, don't choke me down because I'm talking about money. What I'm trying to say is there's a reason why we dedicate our children. There's a reason why we lead by example. I never one time said, okay, baby, baby girl, you know you got 10%. She watches her parents live it out. We don't always get it right, but there is some consistency. The problem with some of you is you understand you're not getting it right, but you're lacking consistency. I'm just trying to tie it all together because God's got a plan for this house. God's got a unique plan and vision. Everybody say unique. You know what unique is? It means it ain't never been done that way before. I'm not trying to copy Stephen Furtick. I'm not trying to copy the Action Church. I'm trying to copy Jesus. I'm trying to love people like Jesus loved people. I ain't got time to condemn. I ain't got time to turn my nose down on people. Bless God because I got issues just like you. Stay alert. 
I needed that. Maybe that's not going to the kids. Maybe that needs to be up here on the platform for me every Sunday. Because what I see, I know that was supposed to be the positive version of when we go down, we get back up. But what I see is the enemy. He's just a prankster. He's a jokester. He's always up in our face. <laughs> Some of y'all just need to, mm, I almost said the word. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell him to go back where he came from. He ain't there yet. If he was already there, we wouldn't have any problems. Listen, the power of following Jesus in a broken world is not that you have all the answers, but that you stand up and say, I choose to do what I can right now with what I have. I don't have $1,000 to give to the building fund, but bless God, I'm going to put what change I've collected in a Mentos box. I'm just bringing out what happened Wednesday night. Somebody said, hey, I brought an offering. We It's prayer night on Wednesday. We're not even talking about offering. But my, my, sweet little, my sweet little friend said, I got this Mentos thing, and I filled it up with some green and some change, and I want that to go to the building fund. I may not have $1,000, but all that I do have, if you'll be willing to give it to him, watch what God does with just a little bit. You want big time stuff from God? Start giving him just a little bit of what you have. And I'm not talking about finances. I'm talking about your time. I'm talking about your influence. I'm talking about your love. It's what you get when I've when I, I'm been out twice in two months. You get what was on reserve. Listen, if you want to live in a season of new hope, you're going to have to choose action over inaction. So let me show you how this works. How do you choose action when you feel like you have no motivation to act? Are you ready? Here it is. Do the next right thing. Do the next right thing. Yeah, but I'm trying to get there. uh, Stop looking at that. Can you put one foot in front of the other? Do the next right thing. B, you don't know what, I, you don't know what I'm going, you don't know, you, I, you don't, you, you, I don't, but he does. And what he sent me here and you here to listen to this word, all you got to do is turn around and do the next, just the next right thing. And I believe if you and I will do the next right thing, that God will meet us on the next step. I just got faith to believe it. Your obedience is the first step. And I believe that it unlocks the door and unlocks the opportunity for God to meet you in your very next step. So point number one, choose action over interact, inaction. Number two, choose replenishment over Netflix. Some of y'all like, say what? <laughs> I know some of y'all like, Pastor B, don't be messing with my Netflix. Take your hands off my Grey's Anatomy. I know, you're thinking, what is, what is that? Netflix, there's, there's nothing inherently wrong with Netflix. Netflix is just, is just a good place to start. It's, 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 it's anything in your life that you, you try to refill yourself or you try to, what was the word that I used? Yeah, 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 but... Yeah, you're trying to replenish yourself. You're trying to regain strength and hope. And it, it, I don't want to get ahead of myself. 
Netflix is nothing more than a cultural label that describes what I like to call a filler. That's what I mean. It's a filler that we use to cope with stress and to distract us. Have you ever had one of those days where you're like, it's been all week long. Oh my gosh, honey, order some pizza and let's just sit down and watch Netflix and chew. I, I just, I just want to... You ever had one of those days? I know, I said Netflix and chill. Some of y'all got nervous. <laughs> Some of y'all, I'm going to need you to stop, Pastor B. Listen, your life and my life are full of things that rob us of our joy and steals our hope. No matter how many good things we do, this is what I know, that hope leaks. Leak, L-E-A-K, hope leaks. You can't just... You can't just come in and get prayed for one time and, and fill up your hope tank and think that you're going to walk around the rest of your life with, with a hope tank that's full. Mm -mm, your hope tank leaks. Let me see that pocket knife. Thank you, Jesus. You know why? You know why? I wish I had... Somebody's like, do you even know how to open up that thing? Y'all stop. <laughs> hope leaks. I'm going to stay back here because some of y'all are like, bro, do I need to duck? I'm not doing all that. Somebody get hurt and be turned into a healing service. Hope leaks. Lose your job. COVID. Betrayal. Relationship that you thought was to last forever. They walked away. Hope leaks. Hope leaks. Hope leaks. What's causing you to leak hope? Huh? What's causing you to leak hope? Sometimes the only thing, the only thing that's left may be your foundation. Listen, if it means that you lose all hope, as long as you still are connected to Jesus, everything's going to be all right. Where are you placing your hope today? Hope always leaks. And when it does, you'll always find things to compensate. Maybe it's not Netflix for you. Maybe it's a substance. Maybe it's alcohol. Maybe it's drugs. Maybe it's prescription medicine. They're not there to fix your problems. They're only there to distract you from them. Relationships that are not of God. Remember what, remember what I said. If it's not of God, you're going you're to start leaking your hope. And the reason the enemy is coming after you is because your hope is connected to your purpose. Listen, the problem with this is this. With this is this. The natural default of the human heart is to fall into the pattern of replacing our hope. Replacing our hope rather than allowing us to be replenished. So Netflix, drugs, alcohol, whatever it is, whatever, all it is is you're, you're trying to replace. I could, I could on that cut up thing all day long. That's what we're trying to do. That's Netflix. That's alcohol. That's relationships that are not ordained of God. It's, there's got to be a way this thing's going to blow back up. The only thing it's going to do it is Jesus. Right. 
Everybody say replenish. Listen, we live in a society where we've been taught to go, 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 go. And then what do we do? Crash. What's that look like for you? Monday, go, 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 go. Tuesday, go, 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 go. Wednesday, go, 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 go. Oh, is it Thursday already? What happened to Wednesday? I don't know. Friday, go, 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 go. Then what do we do? We get home and we crash. And then we tell God, oh, man, you know what kind of week I've had. Probably just need to stay home and rest on Sunday. I told y'all I ain't going to like this boldness. You may, you, may, you may refill yourself sitting in your house, but you ain't, you not replenishing. Not replenishing. Not replenishing. Because I, I need some of what you got, and they need a little bit of what you got. It's how he replenishes. Remember what I said? Get your eyes off what you're going through. There's other people going through some stuff, tougher stuff than what you're going through. God wants to use you to fill somebody up, else up. And what I've learned is when I'm filling other people and when my heart, of, uh, my heart is full of compassion for other people, I'm less, I'm, I'm less likely to have tunnel vision of what's going on in my own life. So, so in Mark chapter 6, I won't go back there, but Jesus is teaching the disciples a principle. Can I have 10 more minutes? We're almost done, I promise. Scratch the last song. Be ready to close in prayer. This is how we're rolling. Thank you, Jesus. He teaches the disciples a principle of withdrawing. Listen, let's go to a place. Withdrawing, replenishing, and returning. This is the principle that he taught us. And this is what I'm instilling in our leadership team. There are some people on our leadership team that have been here every Sunday since before the pandemic. They've been here every Sunday. Giving, serving, pouring out. And as a leader, I see that. But I also understand that's not always healthy. Because you need to go to a place, you need to withdraw, you need to allow God to replenish you so that you can come back and return and begin to release what God gave you on other people. My translation, you need a vacation. <laughs> if you didn't hear anything else today, I know some of y'all just wrote that down. Pastor B said, I need a, a vacation. Some of y'all are already going to Travelocity right now. I know, I, can, I sense it in the spirit. I'm just playing. No, but, I'm, but I'm serious. What is the thing for you that you know replenishes you? For me, it, it's a cruise. Because I, I disconnect. None of the, this stuff, unless I want to pay the extra, why would you do that when you've already paid big money, right? To be there. It's the one place that I can be refilled. Now, some of, some of you, it may be golfing. Maybe, maybe golfing is your thing. You know, you go out and, you, you, you know, you feel like a stressful week, and then you, then you go golfing, you come home, and honey, I'm home. No, you put a golf club in my hand, I'm going to wrap that thing around a tree. I ain't got time for that. What is it for you? Go to a place and make sure you're replenished. If, you're not, if you don't get replenished the way that God wants you to, you will start trying to refill yourself the way you want to. I was joking about a vacation, but it's so true. What is it for you? For Amy, she, she loves, forget the Netflix, she's not a movie person, but she'll sit all day long and watch those um, um, home makeover things. That doesn't do anything for me other than stress me out because immediately after that show, I start getting screenshots of all the things with all these arrows. See, I can say all this because she stepped out. And all these arrows of, we could do this in the kitchen and we can do this and this and this. And this. I get stressed out. That doesn't do anything for me, but she, she replenishes herself that way. 
How do, listen, all my married couples, how do you replenish your marriage? Had a leader call me the other night. <laughs> I sent it straight to voicemail. I was on date night. I sent a text. said, I'm not avoiding, but I'm on, I'm on date night. And then I called him when I got in the car because we had a 30-minute drive back home. I said, I'm calling you before I get back home. So for Amy and I, how we replenish our marriage is we like to go to places that we've never been before. And we've been really good. We go to the marriage conference every year, and we've been good about having date night. But somehow date night also turned into grocery shopping night. That's not replenishing. You got filled up for a minute, and then stress came because then you're in war about what you're going to have for supper, Right? So we made, we made this, this pact that when it's date night, it's date night. I'm talking to my married couples. I'm trying to help you out and hook you up. What replenishes you in closing? Jesus understood that re- replenishment doesn't medicate you from... Excuse me. Jesus understood that replenishment doesn't medicate you from stress. It just distracts you. But replenishment changes the position of your heart. Here's your homework for the week. This is your homework right here. Because for the past three weeks split up, this the purpose of this is to acknowledge that things are attacking you but that we need to put our hope in Jesus so I want to help you rebuild your hope and here it is here's your homework I need you to ask yourself these questions and at some time today unless you already know the answer write this down and then and then go after these things okay what replenishes me physically what replenishes me physically I like to go to the gym. I ain't been a long time. That shows. But it makes me feel good. That's, that's how I replenish physically. What, what replenishes you intellectually? Brain. Because see, it, it, if, I try to, if I mix up some of these answers and try to replenish myself intellectually with the things that I get replenished physically, I'm going to run into issues because I'm trying to replenish myself with something that was never designed to replenish that area of your life come on what replenishes you emotionally and then what replenishes you spiritually you were created by God to be hope carriers so that like a fire hydrant with the cap off everywhere you go hope that's why you see me so energetic because I'm trying because I'm looking I'm looking I'm looking I'm looking I'm trying to replenish your hope do you know the number one thing that we're the number one area that will replenish every area of your life is more of God we're not singing it we were but I'm going to get cold to come and pray. The number one thing that will replenish every area of your life is more of God. 
when you have more of God in all of those areas, it, everything works out. I trust that in this series that you've captured a lot of the things that we've been talking about. Because if you, listen, if you walk out of here and go, wasn't any of that really important? Let me tell you what happened. You just deferred your hope. And the Bible says hope deferred will make the heart sick. That's why we talked about hope. Because without hope, you and I, we, we can't live. There is no life without a destination. And my destination is heaven. My destination is heaven. So let hope rise. Let hope rise. Hey, thanks for listening today. Our mission at Forward Church is simple. We want to introduce people to the real Jesus by helping them know God, grow in freedom, discover their purpose, and go make a difference in their communities. For service time, stay connected with us, or just to learn more about our different ministries, check out myforwardchurch.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. We hope to see you soon.